0: Welcome to Oy Bay Isn't a Strategy, Success Solutions for Work and Life, with Deborah Grayson Regal, a JCAST Network podcast. For more information about other JCAST Network podcasts and blogs, please visit JCASTNetwork.org. Hello and welcome to today's podcast, I Want What I Want. This is your coach, Deborah Grayson Regal. So, we're in one of the toughest times of the year for me. It's uh, nearing December, and you may be listening to this in December already. And one of the things that makes this time of year tricky for me is that we are getting ready to do our holiday shopping. And it's both hard and easy. The easy part of doing the holiday shopping is shopping for my son, Jacob jacob is just a giant list of wants and desires whether it's legos or wwe wrestling figures there are very few things that he wouldn't be happy with and this is one of the few times a year where i really really appreciate how much he wants because it makes my job very easy and when his grandparents and aunts and uncles ask him to put together a shopping list he can do it without even thinking about it however i know that i did say that this time of the year was hard and this time of the year is pretty hard when it comes to shopping for my daughter sophie my daughter sophie unlike her twin brother jacob doesn't want anything and you would think that that was a lovely quality to have and it certainly does have its merits it feels a little bit like when you're in a job interview and you're asked oh what's your greatest weakness and you say well my greatest weakness is that I just care too much about people it feels a little bit like a false claim to say that it's frustrating that she doesn't want anything but when it comes to shopping for Hanukkah and shopping for her birthday which is just a couple of, couple of weeks after Hanukkah It's really, really challenging. And putting together a list for her is really hard because, as she admits, there isn't really anything that I want. And on one hand, I appreciate that she isn't materialistic, that she isn't constantly hawking me for things. On the other hand, it is curious to me that there isn't a list of desires. And the other morning, Sophie and I were sitting at breakfast, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, she started a conversation uh, about why people want things. And I thought that this was really interesting because there are so few things that she wants materially, but that doesn't mean that there aren't other things that she wants in life. And of course, like any good mother... As soon as my daughter started telling me her philosophy on why people want things, I did what any good mother would do, which was I said, could you please stop there for a second? I need to get a pen and a paper because I have no doubt this will turn into some kind of good fodder for an upcoming podcast. So I ran and got a pen and paper, and I interviewed my 11-year-old daughter, Sophie, on why it is she thinks people want things. And I'm going to share with you today some of what she came up with as well as some of the ideas that i added to it, and as always, I welcome your thoughts as well. So this was something that was really interesting. The very first thing that was on her list of why people want things, which gave me a little bit of insight into her psyche, was that people want things if they're forbidden. Right. I mean, this is certainly biblical in its origin from the story of Adam and Eve and all the way to 2012 today that we want the thing that we cannot have. And it was a very interesting observation from her, certainly let me know what I need to keep my eye out for as she enters those, uh, those troubling teenage years, potentially troubling teenage years. I don't want to make any predictions. But it really did strike me as an interesting piece about my own life and certainly my own business As somebody who grew up in New York, knowing that I was Jewish by birth, the thing that was really interesting to me was that I wouldn't say that my Judaism was forbidden, but we certainly weren't engaged in any kind of organized religion. It didn't feel something critical to my parents And over time, being Jewish kind of felt like the thing we didn't really talk about much. And what's interesting is, fast forward 20 or 30 years later, the thing that I was separated from as a child, the thing that I was not invited to engage in as a child, has become the thing that I have desired most, as an adult so I thought it was a really interesting observation from Sophie that we want the thing that we cannot have and I recognize this not just in my personal and professional life about religion and Judaism but I also recognize this as somebody who has been spending her entire life uh, gaining and losing the same 15 pounds that as soon as I make something forbidden to me like dessert or bread, or something like that, it becomes increasingly sexier. So I have found that one of the best techniques that I can use to keep my cravings and desires in checks is not to make anything forbidden for me. The second I say that I can't have chocolate, that I can't have cheese, that I can't have bread, that becomes the time that I start waking up in the middle of the night because I've had an incredibly erotic dream about a brownie and recognizing that as soon as I take anything off the forbidden list it becomes a little less desirable for me. So one of the things I would ask you is, is there something that you are really wanting for yourself? Maybe it's something tangible like a car. Maybe it's something that you're wanting for your career, like starting your own business. And is there a piece of it that feels forbidden for you, either overtly or covertly? And if so, what is it that you can do to take it off your forbidden list? Because maybe the desire from it, for it will shrink a little bit. Okay, so back to Sophie's list of why we want what we want. Sophie said sometimes we want what we want because it's an opportunity to stand up for ourselves. So using the thing that we want as an opportunity to advocate for something that we need. I know that Sophie does this a lot in in school, that when she feels that she has a strong statement to make, She will communicate her desire as a part of standing up for herself. So Sophie is very, very interested in math and also very good in math. She's at least one, if not more, grades ahead of her own grade when it comes to math, and what she wants is she wants to be challenged in math but she also wants the opportunity to advocate for her own educational needs and she has very little problem letting a teacher know when the math that she is working on isn't challenging her or pushing her in any way and she shares her desires both as an opportunity and an outlet to be challenged, but also as a part of standing up for what it is that she needs. So if there's something that you are wanting for yourself, whether it's something tangible or something in the bigger scheme of things, ask yourself if there's a part of wanting this that feels like advocacy for you, standing up for something that you want. Okay. So the next thing on Sophie's list of why we want what we want sounds a little bit more like the preteen she is. Sometimes we want what we want because it's cool. And a big part of cool, I've realized, is uh, often having a sense of belonging. And it can show up in two different ways. So sometimes we want the thing that's cool because everybody has it. And sometimes we want the thing that's cool because nobody else has it. And both those factors really depend on your own definition of cool. So cool is a sense of belonging, but also cool is a sense of separating and singling yourself out for things. So one of the things I would ask you is the thing that you want, something that you want because nobody else has it, and i have very very fond memories growing up as a child of knowing that my dad was one of the people who wanted to be the first one to get the new toy and typically the toy was something uh something electronic so we were the first family that i knew that had a desktop computer a TRS 80 Tandy Radio Shack computer. We had one probably two years before anybody else I knew had it. And it was something that was helpful for his business as a publisher, but it was also something that was cool and that nobody else had at the time. So it was about differentiating yourself. And as I mentioned, sometimes cool is about having the thing that everybody wants. So a few years ago, my kids Jacob and Sophie were really advocating for wanting an eye touch and they would use the argument that everybody had one which of course I did not believe and for me in fact saying that everybody has one is the quickest way for me to decide that you are not going to get one. I certainly don't subscribe to the the fact that everybody that somebody should have something because everybody else does and i say that of course recognizing that i am recording this in my iphone that i have because you just have to have one because everybody else does so i see the irony of that but i digress and my kids really advocated strongly for it and it wasn't until sophie came to me and said you know mom jacob and i live further away from school than anybody else we don't have anybody in, really in our community who goes to school with us. We have very unique interests from our friends with uh, with Jacob being really interested in cooking, which is not something he could say for his peers, and Sophie being very interested in sports and math, which wasn't so typical for girls of her age at that time. And Sophie made the case to me. She said, you know what? Most of our friends have eye touches It would actually be nice for us to have something because everybody else has it. It would help us be a part of the conversations when so much of the time we're not a part of it because our interests are so different and where we live is so different from everywhere else. Do you think we could have it because it's something that would help us be cool and be a part of the in-group? Yeah, I'm pausing just as I'm saying that, and I have to say that there's there was something in her message which caused me to rethink my gut instinct, which was, you shouldn't want something because everybody else has it, and said, you know what, in this case, I think it makes sense to want something that will help you be a part of a group that feels important for you to identify with. We all know how this story ends. My husband Michael and I took the kids to the Apple store and said, let's go for it, you've made the case. And trust me, Sophie does not hesitate to remind her brother that the only reason he has an eye touch is because she advocated for it. So yes, one of the reasons that we want things is because it's cool. So Sophie has a, a continuing list of reasons why we want things, and I invite you to think about the things that you want, whether they're the things you want that you don't have, or the things that you want that you do have or are in the process of getting, which of these resonate for you. So, sometimes we want things because we'll have a sense of achievement for getting it. And I recognize that one of the reasons that I wrote my book, Oy Vey, Isn't a Strategy, is because I wanted the sense of achievement I would get for getting it. And one of the tricky parts about it is the second the book came out, I started thinking about, okay, what's next? So once you have a drive towards a sense of achievement, chances are there are very few things that you're going to achieve that will help put that to rest. Sometimes you want something because it demonstrates a particular work ethic that you had to employ for getting it. Sometimes you want something because it's something to boast about. Sometimes you want something because it will give you a sense of enjoyment. Sometimes we want things... To relieve the want that we have. And sometimes we want things because it will relieve another want or desire we have. And, and what I mean by that is sometimes that brownie that I really want, I want it because I'm lonely or I'm anxious or there is some other desire that I have other than food or stress, stress relief or comfort. But That brownie feels like the quickest way to solve an immediate problem. So sometimes we want things because there is actually a desire related to it that we want to relieve ourselves of. And sometimes there, there's a completely different desire. And uh, an important piece of the work that I do with my coaching clients is having them identify actually which want that solving or meeting this need will serve. Sometimes we want something because there is a challenge associated with getting it and we want to hold ourselves up to to that standard. So as my daughter Sophie was putting together her very, very brief Hanukkah list, the, the one thing that kept showing up was a Rubik's Cube, a 4x4 Rubik's Cube, a 5x5 Rubik's Cube, a 6x6 six six and so on and so on. Because at this point she has mastered the 3x3. She can basically solve any 3x3 Rubik's Cube in under a minute and a half. And I asked her why she wanted a Rubik's Cube. And she identified that it gave her a sense of achievement, a sense of enjoyment, and a sense of challenge in having that Rubik's Cube. When I interviewed my son Jacob about what was it about the eye touch that he really loved since it is is absolutely the favorite and most desired present he ever got, he confirmed that he gets a sense of enjoyment from it, but indeed he gets a sense of belonging that he has the thing that his peers have and that helps him feel like a part of the crowd. When I asked my husband Michael for his thoughts on... Why he desires the thing that he desires. He expressed to me, in no uncertain terms, that he had a d- driving desire for privacy at that moment, and in fact, did not want to be interviewed by me for my podcast. And because I want a long, happy, and healthy marriage, what did I do? I honored what he wanted. So, as we get ready for this holiday season, and you start to put together your wish lists of the things that you want that might be toys, and the things that you want for your life moving forward, I ask you to think about why you want what you want and to think about the best path for getting it. Thanks for listening, and I look forward to speaking with you again soon. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Oy is in the strategy. We invite you to write a review on our iTunes page and comment on our show page at jcastnetwork.org slash Oive. The opening and closing music for the Oive Podcast is Responsibility by Naomi Les. Her album The Real Me is available on Amazon, iTunes and CD